Teleborosa. Now y'all know why we're here. God started something, amen. You know, if, if we had started it, then what we were, do, were doing here might be in vain. We might be trying to force something. But you know what? We didn't start it. He started it. We didn't initiate it. He initiated it. And it's what we've been looking for. It's what we've been asking for. You know, a lot of times people don't recognize that prompting of the Spirit. But like I said yesterday and like we've, we've been talking about here over the last several days, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you guys some stuff. You can, you can find, find a seat somewhere if you want to be on the floor, if you want it to be in a chair. You know, I've, I haven't really shared nothing except for little small uh, things here and there over these last several days. But I really feel prompted of the Spirit to share something with you all. <laughs> I was telling Rachel in my office that I, I told you all this last night. You know, the Spirit of God fell here on Sunday, uh, Sunday morning. And what, what I want you to understand is that there's some people that probably didn't recognize when the Spirit of God fell. There's some people that probably weren't aware. Maybe some weren't drawn. And it's, it's important. If you were drawn, it's because God drew you. If you weren't drawn, it's because He didn't draw you. We ought to desire to be drawn by the Spirit to a, to a place of communion, to a place of fellowship with Him. You know, God is, God is speaking to His people. And there are some that are hearing and there are some that their ears. You know, that's why the Bible says, let him that has an ear hear what the Spirit is saying. Because some haven't developed an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying. Or some, you know, there's so much noise in their life that they're not aware of the drawing of God's Spirit. They're not aware of the uh, what the Holy Spirit is saying. I was listening to Rhonda today again on the recording from Sunday. And Miss Rhonda, she had such wonderful things to say. But one of the things she said that I thought was interesting, I, I was in there, I, I was responding to her as she was saying certain things. And she said, you know, pa you know, she was telling y'all, pastors told us these things before. Then she said this. She said, you know, pastor told us about getting in the spirit. What does that mean? What is that? What is that? And, you know, some, some of us, this may be our first foray into the things of the spirit. This may be the first time that, that some of you are aware of being led by the spirit to a place that you're not. You know, the spirit of God will lead you someplace you've never gone. He'll lead us in his ways. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's why the Bible tells us that God's ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts because God will lead you to higher places that, you, uh, places that you're not uh, uh, capable of navigating because you've never been there. And he's, you know what? He's, 
I don't know, no disrespect to the spirit, but he's like the, back in the day, they had this thing called a tom-tom. It was a, it was a GPS navigator. You know, the Holy Ghost, he is the tom-tom that leads us into these areas. We, we don't have the database for this, for this part of it. He does. Amen. Which is why it's important for us to follow him. But listen, if he drew you, he started it. That's what you have to understand about this. Some of us, we get afraid. You know, we're like, oh, man, what do, what do I do? Listen, he started it. You just have to be willing to follow him. Amen. So I want to read you a couple of verses of Scripture in the book of Luke, chapter 5, starting with verse 1. Well, you know, huh. yeah, um, you know what? No, let's not start there. Let's start at the book of John. We'll go back to Luke here in a second. Go to the book of John, or let's read in the book of John, chapter, if you don't have your Bible, you don't have to go, chapter 21. It says uh, in uh, chapter 21 of the book of John, verse 3, Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, we also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. That night they caught nothing. This is after the death, burial, and uh, resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Jesus had told his disciples that um, he, had, he had told them that he was going to establish his kingdom. Well, the kingdom that they thought he was going to establish, they thought he was going to establish an earthly kingdom. You know, those disciples believed that Jesus was going to overthrow the Roman Empire. And, and establish a new kingdom and that he would be king. You know, they had this idea in the natural that, that, was, uh, that wasn't true. It was, un, it, wa, it was not what God wanted to do. And no matter how much Jesus tried to get across to them what it was that he was wanting to do, they still had these natural ideas and these natural thoughts. And so these men had given up every, you know, some of them had given up business, given up family to follow after him. He said to Peter, follow after me, I'll make you a fisher of men. Peter had given up his business to follow after Jesus. And the idea that he had, that Peter had, was a natural idea. He was, he was thinking Jesus was going to do something that Jesus had no intentions of doing. Jesus had no intention of overthrowing the Holy Roman Empire and, and setting up an earthly throne and ruling over men in, the, in, in that natural way. How many of you, we, of course, we know the end of the story. So you all know that what Jesus was doing was he was establishing his heavenly kingdom. The kingdom of God was being established, the spiritual kingdom. So Simon Peter, on this day, this is after his death, burial, and resurrection. Let me, let me, let me, let me try to say this in a way that you'll understand. How many of you know that when Jesus died, that the vision that those disciples, the idea that those disciples had about that earthly kingdom died with him. That when Jesus died, the, the idea that Jesus would establish this earth. So everything that they had sacrificed for, everything that they had left homes and family and all these things, everything they had done to follow Jesus was now buried and dead. 
Now, when he resurrected, I think there was some hope. They're like, oh, he came back. All right, now he's going to do it. And then he's like, nah, I'm out of here. Uh, you know, and, and when he ascends, there's an angel standing there. Why stand you gazing? <laughs> the same Jesus that is gone will come back in like manner. And so after their dreams and their visions have died with Jesus, after everything that they believed was crushed, Simon Peter says this, I'm going fishing. Do you know what, you know what Simon Peter was doing? He was going back to doing what he knew how to do. You know, for as, for as, long, as, Jesus was, as long as Jesus was in his life, he was willing to go away from what he was, what he was accustomed to doing, how he was working his, his, his natural life. He was willing to depart from his natural life while Jesus was present. But the minute he didn't know that Jesus was present, he went back to what he knew how to do. You know, that's where many of you have been before Sunday. Amen. We, we get caught up, and, here, and here's the thing. We think that God, when, when we're that way, that God somehow or another just disregards us or he dis, you know, we're, we disqualify ourselves and somehow or another we're not qualified for the, for, the, um, for the greater things of God. But what happened here on Sunday ought to, uh, ought to uh, encourage your hearts. Amen. That even when your focus is on things uh, of, this, of this earth and things of this life, you know, I, I don't know about y'all. I, I, was, I was telling this to Rachel again in the office. My, my mind and my eyes and my, my focus gets on things in the natural as well. You know, because sometimes when I'm preaching, sometimes when I'm teaching, sometimes when we're in those meetings, it's not like we sense his presence in the way that we've sensed his presence here these last several days. I mean, we know he's there, and by faith, we believe he's there. But, but there, there comes a point in time, like, uh, uh, like what happened to uh, uh, Thomas. The Bible says that when Jesus was raised from the dead, he appeared to his disciples, and all of them were there, and he talked to them, and he, and he, uh, uh, he, he had a discourse with them, and they were all super pumped, but Thomas wasn't there. <laughs> I don't know where Thomas was, but he wasn't there. And the Bible says that Jesus took off. And when Thomas came back, they were like, dude, you just missed it. Jesus was here. <laughs> dude, you just missed it. Jesus was, can you imagine? Man, you just missed it. He was here. Amen. And they told him the story. But Thomas wasn't satisfied with just the story. Thomas said, unless I can, you know, Thomas has gotten a bad rap over the years. We call, we call him Doubting Thomas, you know. And, but Thomas said, unless I can put my fingers in his hand and thrust my hand in his side, I'm not going to believe it. But, you know, Thomas, what he did wasn't all that bad because the next time that Jesus showed up, he skipped over all those other disciples and he went directly to Thomas and said, here are my hands. Put your fingers in my hand. Put your, put your hand in my side. Thomas wanted a personal encounter with Jesus. I'm... I'm, I'm I'm gonna get to the point. I'm, I'm, I'm taking the scenic group, but I want you to I want you to understand this. <laughs> I want you to understand it too, Titus. Oh, yeah. Amen. <laughs> 
Thomas, he wanted a personal encounter with Jesus. And because he contended for a personal encounter with Jesus, he got a personal encounter with Jesus. Amen. Thank God. You know, these, these men, as long as they were in a personal, intimate setting with Jesus, were sold out to follow him. But the minute it seemed like he wasn't there, they got distracted. They went back to doing things that they were comfortable doing. You know what? I'm not saying that's necessarily, what, what do we do? What do we do in the meantime? You know, what do we do? And we've done what we do. But, you know, there's a time when God, there's a time when God shows up and he doesn't show up because we prayed and he doesn't show up because we fasted and he doesn't show up because we sang all the right songs. He doesn't show up because our lives are all lined out and lined up and everything is good and all is well and uh, we're, we're in total faith. You know what? Sometimes God shows up because God decides he's going to show up. Sometimes God begins to move because God determines in his own mind and in his own heart, I'm going to move. Sometimes God looks at a group of people and he says, you know what? Those are my people and I'm about to do something for them. Amen. And sometimes you're just fortunate and thank God. Amen. Boy, I feel the Holy Ghost. Sometimes, sometimes you're fortunate enough to be there on more than one occasion when God chooses to show up for a group of people. Amen. Sometimes you're fortunate to show up when God chooses to show up for one individual. Amen. So the Bible says that they went about their business doing their thing. After having given everything up, Peter went back to his, his way. It says, but when the, they, they, they fished all night and they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, children, have you any meat? And they answered him, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the ship and you shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore, the disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, it is the Lord. Lord. It is the Lord. Now, now get this. They had gotten so consumed in their own way that when Jesus appeared on the shore and began to talk to them, the men that had walked with him for three years, that had listened to his teaching for three years, that had sat under his ministry for three years, men that he had laid his hands upon and given authority over devils and over evil spirits and over all manner of death, those men that had been with him, that ate with him, that sat with him at the table and, uh, and dipped bread and all these things, all these men that were the most acquainted with him, when they got their eyes on themselves, couldn't recognize him when he showed up. But then all of a sudden, the one, the of course, you know, it's the writer of the book who says, the one who Jesus loved. <laughs> you know, that's how we all are. We want, we, Amen. But that the Bible says, the one who Jesus loved looked and recognized and said, wait a minute. You know, you know if, you, if you think about it, this story is very reminiscent of another story in the Bible. This story is almost exactly like another story in the Bible. There was another time that Peter went fishing. Y'all remember? Oh, in Luke chapter 5. Let's go there and read it. Oh. Luke chapter 5. Oh, oh, oh. oh no, listen. He's got us here. Amen. 
So Luke chapter 5, verse 1, and it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, uh, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and he taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left, uh, left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we've toiled all night and have taken nothing. Amen. Are, are y'all seeing this? Let down your nets for a draught. Throw on the right side, he told him in the book of John. All of this, all of this is beginning to look familiar to John over there in that book of John. All of this is, wait a minute. This, this looks like something I've seen before. Wait a minute. I heard someone say that before. This, there was one other person that when we tried everything, when we did everything, when we exerted all of our energy, when we put forth all of our efforts, when we did all we could do, that he called to us and he said, now throw on the right side of the boat. Amen. Amen. This is, this is the, 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 reason, the reason why that this works isn't because we do everything right. It's not because we pray enough or we fast enough. It's not, listen, that, I'm, I'm not saying you shouldn't pray. I'm not saying you shouldn't fast. I'm not saying you shouldn't seek the face of God and do something special during times like this. I think you ought to hunker down. I think you ought to tuck in to his presence. I think you ought to press in and you ought to, whatever he tells you to do, you ought to do it. Whatever he tells you to do, you ought to do it. But understand this, when Jesus shows up in your boat and he goes to pestering you about, about, hey, you need to throw on the right side of the boat. It doesn't matter how long you've toiled. It doesn't matter what kind of difficulty you've gone through. It doesn't matter what kind of pain you've endured. It doesn't matter what kind of suffering you've gone through. If he shows up in your boat, he's shown up in your boat to give you a miracle. Amen. Amen. You know what? It was Peter both times. It was Peter both times. Oh, Sheleprusa Bangaleche. Oh, Rusabonda de Maradriete. You know what? Some of us, we need to be determined that we're going to be like Peter, that we're going to be like Thomas, that we're going to allow God. You know what? I don't want you praying for the city of Oklahoma City. God hasn't come here for you to pray for Oklahoma City. You know why God has come here? God, want, God has come here because he wants you to pray about you. He wants you to lay your life down before him. He wants you to surrender your all to him. He wants you to lay your life down. Not, not a dead sacrifice. He don't need dead sacrifices. He needs living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto him, giving themselves to him because it's our reasonable service. Are y'all hearing me today? Think about this. God didn't show up for those people when they were on the mountaintop.
The first time he showed up for Peter, Peter had toiled all night, spent all kind of money, paid people, went out to, to earn a living and didn't catch anything and was now, now was in the hole for what it cost him to run that ship, to pay that crew and to fish all night. And then Jesus gets in his boat and Jesus, Jesus hadn't even offered to pay him. Jesus is like, launch out your, launch out your boat. I pray so I can address the people. Well, Peter lets him out there. Maybe he was hoping that Jesus would compensate him. But when Jesus never even turns his attention toward Peter. You know, God has a way of showing up in hopeless situations. We've been a church for 12 years. And I'll be honest with you. I'd wait another 12 years for a moment like this. Even if it's just a moment. Even if it's, even if it's just a glimpse. Even if I only get to see one butt cheek of God. You know, Moses, the Bible says he saw the backside of God. Even if I only get to see one, one cheek. I mean, <laughs> just one glimpse. Just one glimpse. You know, you know why just one glimpse? Because I know just one glimpse can produce a net-breaking, boat-sinking harvest in, in, in one's life. Are y'all hearing this? Amen. See, some of you like, Pastor, you don't know the trouble I'm going through. Listen, it's in times like this that one day you go to bed with trouble, and the next day you wake up, and all of your troubles are gone. It's in times like this that you go to bed sick and when you wake up, you're 100% healed by the power of God. It's in times like this that you go to bed and you have lost loved ones, that you've got people that you've been praying for that are lost and away from God and don't know the Lord. And the very next day, listen, the next day, we, Annie, and I, Annie and I were in the back and last night was so reminded me so much of some things that I had heard about the, uh, the, Hebrides, the Hebrides revival. And <laughs> the guy on the video, he, was, he, said, he said this, he said, we have soul-winning crusades. We have crusades where we reach out to men and women and people are saved and people are born again. The lost get saved, the sick get healed, the bound get set free. He said, and there's a segment of people that are affected by what happens in those endeavors, those, those things that we endeavor to do uh, for God. And he said, and those aren't bad things, they're good things, because we get results. But he said, for the most part, for the most part, the only people that are changed are the people that were that were." Uh, um, that were associated with what was happening with the crusade. While the, while the rest of the city is unaware, while the rest of the community walks by and knows, know, don't, doesn't know any different than what they've ever known, to them, they're just, they're living life, going to hell, knowing nothing about you. He said, but when, when the fire of God begins to fall and revival begins to happen and the Spirit of God begins to move. He says churches are churches begin to fill up within hours. 
filled with people that are hungry, people that are thirsty. Church, I, I told you this. I told you this when we started last year, when we started our outreaches last year. I told you that it was in my heart that one day we would come together and one Sunday we'd be us just like we are. But in a, in a, in a moment, I mean in one, in one day, in one day, this entire place could be filled with brand new faces, people that have never known the Lord, people that have never seen a church, people that have never heard a sermon preached. People that have never had an encounter. That's what happened with Peter. That's what happened with Peter. He toiled all night and didn't catch a thing. But in one moment, because of his obedience to the Lord and his willingness to toss that net on the right side of the boat at the word of God, he caught a multitude of fish. He, and then to remind them, after, the, after that had happened, to remind them, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit. After his resurrection, he stands on a shore again, looking at those same disciples. Hey! <laughs> I believe Jesus is calling to you. Hey! I don't believe God is displeased with our efforts. We're doing what he told us to do. <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but tonight I'm standing there in my ship while Jesus calls me from the shore and he says, hey boy, how's the fishing? You know what? As, as, as I may have caught more than some, but you know what? I don't. I haven't caught that net breaking boat sinking load. He keeps reminding me of the story, He keeps reminding me of the vision, <laughs> He keeps reminding me of the dream. When God raised you up, he didn't raise you up for you to enter into eternity by yourself. When God raised you up, he raised you up so that you could, so that you could plunder hell to fill heaven. It's not the loss that he wants us to pray about today. you <laughs> you know what I'd be praying Lord wreck my life wreck my life make me Lord <laughs> wreck me so hard I'd be happy to drive around in a 1986 Honda Civic that's, that was painted two colors and smoked like a mosquito truck and clicked like a roller coaster that I'd never think twice about where I lived, not one more time. That I wouldn't think twice about how I dressed, the restaurants I ate at, the people that I socialized with. Amen. Are you hearing me today? Go ahead now. 
Do you know why he wants us to turn inward? Because as much as we've tried to throw our nets, we've caught nothing. We've caught nothing. And thank God, because now all we have is to be obedient to him. Well, Pastor Zig, I, what should we expect? Expect to die. Expect to die right here in this place. God brought us here to... God, God brought us here to die. To die to ourselves. To die to our ways. To embrace him. To do it his way. That Hebrides revival, that guy says, he's giving the account. He says, the spirit of God fell. God stepped down from heaven. And when God stepped down from heaven, which is what he's done here. When God stepped down from heaven. I know some of you, I, I, don't, I'm not, I don't think I'm aware. Uh, keep looking. Keep listening. Now's not the time to give up. Listen, when people around you go to recognizing when God stepped down, it's, listen, it's time for you to give Amen. Listen, if you, can't, if you can't feel it, if you can't hear it, if you can't get it, then latch on to someone who can. Come on, have, have the same sense that Samson had. Samson didn't have any vision. He didn't have any sight, but he had enough sense to grab onto a boy and say, hey, drag me to the pillars. Amen. Listen, Samson couldn't get himself to the pillars. If you can't get yourself to the pillars, grab onto someone that sees where we're going. Hang on to them. And when, and when they tell you to push, push. We need to pray wreck us, Lord. Now, listen, not, for, not, so, not so that we can have another moment in the, you know, not as a moment to the flesh. Uh, how, how, many, how many of you, how many of you, the main thing that's in your heart is don't stop? That's revival. That's the wind of God. That's the breath of God. Don't be afraid. Listen, don't be afraid you're going to ruin it. Listen, we already ruined it. <laughs> We've already toiled all night and caught nothing. What are you worried about? We've toiled all night and caught nothing. We have toiled all night and we have caught nothing. Not only us, but every church in this nation, every person that is in the... Are y'all hearing me today? We gather and we gather and we gather and we have our crusades and we have our meetings and no one who is a sinner is the wiser. But when God steps down, when God steps down, churches begin to fill with people that we've been trying to get caught in our nets forever. It's when we fish on the right side of the ship, when we, when we do it his way. So you know what we'll do? We'll eat late. 
And if we eat late, you know what? Here's the deal. I'm not interested in dieting right now. And I'm, I'm putting on a little weight. You know what? Here's the deal. We're going we're gonna to do whatever we need to do. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of toiling. I know, I know you say, but pastor, we, we've done well. We've done better than most. But he's made us aware it's not all that he has for us. We've, we've known that. But when he comes and he starts drawing at you, and now all of a sudden you don't, now all of a sudden, you know, it used to be if, if pastor said, hey, we're going to have a long revival. Everybody's like, man, how, how's that going to work? And then all of a sudden, magically on Sunday, people are chomping at the bit to get back to church. The Holy, the Holy Spirit's working. The Holy Spirit is working. <laughs> So we know with Peter, the Bible says they drew in a great multitude of fish. I guarantee you this. I guarantee you that they weren't really concerned about that multitude of fish after they realized who it was standing on the shore. And I'll be honest with you. Some of you all, some of you all have had a heart for, like Cherie has had a heart for the lost and whatnot, and we all have this heart to do whatever God is called us to God's given me a heart for revival a heart for you as a church a heart to 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 build to grow to do what he's called us to do but when it's all said and done it's he's he's all that matters and we'll be the most effective when we're just lost in his presence and so to you know tonight as we move forward and and we're going to pray here in a minute but and tomorrow, and, and if God willing, the next day or whatever, however, however long we gather here. And I'm, I, I, this isn't just so, I've got things to do, church. So do you. But I've lived too long for this moment. The Lord spoke to me and he said, um, He said, the last significant thing that I did in your life and in your ministry was Richmond, Indiana. When I showed up in Richmond. And, you know, that kind of hurts a little bit. That stings. But, you know, I was aware. I was aware. I've always been aware of when God did the most significant things in my life. When he was in more control. When he was working the hardest. And I, I told you all yesterday, I've never had to share this kind of a moment with others. I've always been able to get in there and experience this on my own. But he, he did tell me this. He said, he said, the most significant thing, I, the, la the last thing that you did was significant was Richmond. He said, but I'm about to do the most significant thing that I've ever done in your life. And I got the impression, and I don't know how to feel about this, but I got the impression that what he was going to do with me 
that this would be it. This, this, would, this is it. That what he was going to do was what he had created me for. Now, I don't know whether that will endure for the rest of my life or if it will be a moment, a year, two years, three years, ten years. I guess it depends on the measure at which he, he releases. I mean, that <laughs> the measure at which he displays his glory. But I do know this. I know, if, I know if he said that to me, he said it to you. You know what I mean? Because he, he, he brought us together for such a time as this. I believe this is the most significant moment that we've ever faced in our church. I'm not going to beg. I'm not going to plead. All that is over. That's over. <laughs> Strategizing, trying to figure out how to motivate people, that's all over with. It's over. <laughs> now it's come to this. How's the fishing? How have you done? Well, we've toiled. We've battled, we've battled addiction. We've gone through divorce. We, we birthed two children prematurely. Birthed the most challenging child in the family. Come on, somebody. Our marriages face the greatest strains that they ever faced, ever. Some of you have never had to hang on so strong to stay with a pastor and with a church as you've had to... Strain to hang on here. The last place you left, you left for things that were more that were that were trivial compared to what you have faced here. <laughs> you left the other place so easily. Amen. Think about it, church. <laughs> When God steps down, it's no longer about us trying to get people to come. And, and here, here, it's not, that's not what it's about. Here's the thing, church. Uh, uh, you can come if you want to. We're coming here. And if, we're, we're just here, here in a minute. We're going to start jumping in the water uh, naked and swimming after Jesus. I mean, not, lit not literally, but that's what happened in the story, you know. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to jump in, man. <laughs> He's here because he wants to be found. So don't be, listen, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid you're going to miss it. Now do what he tells you to do, but don't be afraid. 
Don't be afraid. Some of you still thinking like, I got to convince God to touch me. Listen, he's already decided. You know all that's left? All that's left is how he's going to do it. And you just have to respond to him. That's why it's important for you to respond to the Holy Spirit. Not to just sit here and talk with each other and have fellowship. That's not what this is for. If that's what you want to do, you can do that before church, you know, at the restaurant. Meet with people out there in the parking lot. But when you walk through these doors, walk through these doors in, intentionally determining. You know what? Let's see this as that. Let's see this as the uh, holy place. The place where we've come to meet with him. And thank God for these children up in here. Thank God just for a baby. My God. Thank God. Thank God we got these running around. They're going to know. They're going to know. They will carry this. After we're gone, they'll carry it. Because we let them in here to... Amen. Because we didn't try to just pacify them. We, we let them come and do what, you know, whatever it is they needed to do. Amen. Thank God. Stand up with me one more time. Thank the Lord. How many of you received this today? You guys might want to sit back down. Sorry. Um, I'm just going to be real real. But I have been married to this man for 35 years coming. And I have felt a part of him, of course. But you don't know how hard it's been for me to hear of all the stories that I've not been able to be part of. I became resentful. Then I started to do my own thing, just to make time go by because being away from him was already hard. So there, my life has been just a life of, it's a whirlwind for me because I'm like, why did I get married to be single? Because he's gone so much. So I've sacrificed okay. much for him to do what he's been called to do. And I don't want this to stop because this is what I wanted to experience. And so when he read the story, I've done that. I've gone back to what I know. And sometimes what I know was sitting in front of a TV, watching Netflix, watching a show going shopping, hanging out with my friends. That's what I knew because he was gone and I didn't, what am I going to do? Spending time with my kids, which was very important. But my relationship with him wasn't where it needed to be. And so I stand before you and I repent, God, I'm so sorry that I didn't do what I should have done. And more than anything, I don't want this to stop. Go ahead, I want your presence in my life every day. 
So for some, if you think that this is just a, maybe this is a great service, maybe it's not, but I come here expecting every day and I've become complacent to that. Coming on Sunday, just thinking it's another Sunday service. Coming on Wednesday, not knowing, well, it's just a service. And sometimes Ziggy would get so upset with me because I'm like, it's 8.30, we got to go. And I, I, didn't, I didn't know enough to know, you know. And so I repent. I repent because I didn't give God the place that he needed in my life. But I'm more than willing to sacrifice if I have to stay here till midnight to get something from him, then I'll do it. I have to have him. That touch on Sunday was enough for me. He told me so many things that I did that I shouldn't have. And I repent. So I stand before you.
He'll lead you different ways. You just got to follow him. Just, just follow the Lord. We're going to we're going to follow him, and wherever he leads us in these times, sometimes he'll lead you to repentance. He will. He'll lead you to repentance. At other times, he'll lead you into places of abundant joy, joy unspeakable, full of glory. Amen. But we're going to, we're going to follow him. How many of you committed to following him? Amen. I am. Praise God. As, as the Holy Spirit gives us direction, we're going to, we're going to take it. Amen. But I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I'm not... One, there was a kid, or a kid, well, he was a kid, probably older than I am now, but they went to the Hebrides, that same revival, and they went to, to talk to what they called the elders of the revival, people that were still alive that had been through that revival. If you've never heard of the Hebridean revival, you need to, you need to get online and check it out. But there's these young men that were there, and they were asking about revival and talking to the, the older generation. And they said as they began to talk to them, they began to weep because um, they said, we had it and we lost it. They said, we had it and we lost That's all they could really talk about was how that they had had this great move of the Spirit and how the Lord had shown up with such great power. And then, you know, it waned or they, they just, it became old hat. It became old hat. And he said, these, these ones that were left, it was just a couple of them. But they said with tears in their eyes and their cheeks stained with tears and tears on their clothing, they grabbed onto these young men. They said, if you get it, whatever you do, don't let go. Don't let go. <laughs> I'm not letting go in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, we thank you for your presence. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for being here with us. Lord, you are our guide. You are our teacher. You are our helper. Lord, we will cast our net 
on the right side of the ship. Come on, Anna. Thank you, Lord. Um, as I was worshiping in my spirit, the Lord was telling me to sing, repent so that times of refreshing can come. But I didn't know how to do it. So, but he's stirring in me to say that to you guys. For everyone, repent so that times of refreshing can come. Then I'd get right back in there again. 
And I knew I was getting too far out and too far away because I had a bad temper in the past that he took away. But that temper was coming back and I would react quickly and harshly. And it went on for a long time and I took a lot of stuff out on Ziggy and I apologize. I'm sorry. If I've been ugly to anybody in here, I'm sorry. I did a lot of avoidance to not let that ugly come out, but it was there. The anger was there. When he touched me Sunday night, I didn't think he would ever touch me like that ever again. Because I thought I was too far. Too far in my anger and my wallering of what I said was hurt. And that's why I was acting the way I was acting. But I was just being stuff that was still inside of me that I didn't know was there still needed to come out and needed to go away and I needed to grow up. I used to think I was a mature Christian. I wasn't a mature Christian. I was just, I don't know what I was just doing, but I apologize to anybody that I've ever been ugly towards and I don't want to go back there anymore. I didn't. <laughs> when Michael would work the hurricanes, it would become easier for me to stay away because it was an excuse to stay away. And I did the same thing. I would lose myself in Netflix shows. Actually, I would look forward to when the next one would come on. And that wasn't me. You guys didn't know me before. Y'all have only known me. A lot of you have only known me whenever I was in that pissed off stage. And I've been there for quite some time. If any of you knew me before then, you knew that that really wasn't what God meant for me to be because he had already taken it away. He had already done away with it. And I used that for an excuse, and I would be hard on Michael and gripe about everything. And even I didn't like myself. <laughs> but I still battled with the stubbornness that I thought was also taken away. Something had happened. I don't even remember what it was. I remember telling him. It was something that I should have picked up on, and I remember I told God, I said, why didn't, why didn't you tell me that, or, or like what had happened, or something, I don't remember at all. And he told me then, he said, because you were too angry to hear me. And that broke my heart, because he never stopped talking to me. I just wouldn't listen, I wouldn't listen, but he kept talking to me. And I would come up in here on Sunday mornings and I was just being here. I really wasn't the woman of God. That The spirit that he had put in me, the things that he had done from the time I had gotten saved. And I just, I just repent of all those things, Lord Father God. I repent of all of them before everybody. My temper, 
my anger, my stubbornness, Lord, my the acting out so wrongly. And I ask you, Father God, before everybody to help me. Help me, Lord Jesus. I don't want to go back to that place you took me out of. I don't want to go. I don't want to be there. And I thank you for all the work that you've done in me, Lord Jesus. And I praise you. I praise you, Lord. Your, your love never leaves us. If there's a person inside this building that you should have just been like so irritated with, it would have probably been me. And I thank you, Jesus, for staying with me. I thank you, Jesus, for touching me again, for letting me know you still love me, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord, we repent. For times of refreshing are coming. Oh, we turn away. We turn away from dead works. We turn away. Corosa. We turn away. Yes, Lord. Corasa paradruche. Times of refreshing. Times of refreshing are coming. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's what's going on with many of you. Repentance. You know, repentance simply means to turn away from. To turn away from. to Not just to turn away from, but to ignore. Once you turn away, ignore it and move in the other direction. Amen. Listen, those things that you're repenting of tonight, turn away, forget about it, ignore it, and move on in the name of Jesus. Move into the times of refreshing. Move into the times of refreshing from the Lord. While, uh, while Anna was up here, I saw Annie's feet aglow with a, 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 a white fire. And the Lord says, I'm going to cause your feet to run to the place, the Lord says, where the rivers and the, and the, and the waves of revival, where the river of revival flows freely, where the waves of revival are, are plentiful. I saw, us, I saw our feet carrying us away from where we were to another place. Repent. Amen. Repent. You know, sometimes when we repent, we have to do it in the, you know, we have to hunker down in our flesh and it, we have to crucify our flesh. But it's in times like this, when God asks us to repent, it, his spirit, his grace is upon us to turn away from things we didn't have the power to turn away from in another season. I declare in the name of Jesus, there are many of you going free from things today because of what the spirit of God is doing.
in this place. Amen. Thank God. Oh, we're going to run. We're going to run to a new place in the name of Jesus. Well, thank God. Listen, stand up with me. Let's give Jesus a great big shout for what he's doing. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Sorbo Rodriguez. Hallelujah. Training. And then Emasi. Caraboro Saboya. Someone grab a microphone and sing this song. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, let's sing this song before we go. Wandering <laughs> into the night. Wanting a place to hide this weary soul. This bag of bone. I tried with all my might. I just can't win the fight. I'm slowly drifting. A vagabond. And just when I ran out of road, I met a man I didn't know. And he told me that I was not alone. Pick me up, turn me around, place my feet on solid ground. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior, because he healed my heart. Change my name, forever free, I'm not the same. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior, I thank God. Cannot deny what I see. I got no choice but, but to, to believe. My doubts are burning. Yes. Like ashes in the wind. Yeah. So, so long to my old friend. Burden and bitterness. You can keep it moving. From now till I walk the streets of gold, I'll sing of how you saved my soul. This wayward son has found his way back home. Pick me up, turn me around, he placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the master, I thank the savior, because he healed my heart, changed my name, forever free. I'm not the same. I thank the master. I thank the Savior. I thank God. Yay! Yes! We thank God! I thank God! Yes! Hallelujah! I thank God! 
another one. I am free. I am free. I am free. Hell lost another one. I am free. I am free. I am free. Hell lost another one. I am free. I am free. I am free. Hell lost another one. I am free. I am free. I am free. Hell lost another one. I am free. I am free. I am free. Hell lost another one. I am free. I am free. He picked me up, turned me around. He placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the master. I thank the savior because he healed my heart. He changed my name forever free. I'm not the same. I thank the master. I thank the savior. I thank God. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Come on, get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. He picked me up, he turned me around, he placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the master, I thank the savior, because he healed my heart. He changed my name forever free. I'm not the same, I thank the master. I thank the Savior. I thank God. Listen, we're truly, truly going home in his presence tonight. Listen, carry out of this building what he's done in you. Don't forget, you pray about you. Ask God to do something for you. I mean, really focus Focus your prayers on yourself tonight, tomorrow, and let's gather tomorrow. We'll see what God, let's see what God will say to us tomorrow. Boy, I feel the presence of God. <laughs> we, we have to be willing to follow him. It gets scary because he goes to meddling in your life, you know. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else felt the pressure tonight, but I was feeling it. Whew, amen. But we did right. Praise God. So, listen, I love you all. Go in his presence. I'll see you guys here tomorrow, 7 o'clock, in Jesus' name.